Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hirons, and today we're joined by three other members of the Creative Waffle Club. That's Mike Pickett, Fred Brown, and Dave Clayton. Now you might be asking yourself, where is the Creative Waffle Club? This is a special Discord group that we've got going on. The link to that will be down in the description of this podcast. You can join in, absolutely free to join. Yep, absolutely free. Zero pounds, zero dollars, zero yen, wherever you're from, it's zero. It's absolutely free. Just an ongoing conversation, an ongoing group, where we talk about design news, give feedback to each other's work, just general chit-chat, and have a monthly podcast. This is the first of the monthly podcast series, where we discuss different starting points in careers, what gives young designers and one of the entrepreneurs like myself and Fred the audacity to go at it alone. It's a really great podcast as we've got two people from the other side of the spectrum as well, Dave Clayton and Mike. They didn't go to design school, but now have found themselves in creative paths, as we go back and forth on the current state of social media and young designers. Hope you enjoy this podcast, hope it brings you some value. Please leave a comment down below and share it around on social media. And if you want to join the club, there is a link down in the description below to the Discord group. Yeah, there you go. Thank you very much. Let's get into the podcast. So this recording. Welcome to the podcast. This is a bit of a strange one. There you go. Dave, you can start. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Dave Clayton. Uh, call myself a designer, but I work for Astute Graphics. I'm a training manager. I co-host a podcast called He Shoots, He Draws. Um, and occasionally do one called The Vector Generians, but that's kind of on and off. Um, yes, yeah, bit about me, QPR fan. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, Hello. Next, anyone, Mike, you want to go? Sure, yeah, uh, Mike Pickett. Uh, I've been a designer for just about two decades now. Off and on, I took up a bit of a break to uh, get into some woodworking, did that for a couple <coughs> of years. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and uh, YouTube at Mike Pickett Design Co. Nice, nice. There okay. you go. Um, I'm Fred. Um, I have been doing freelance for, for about a year now. Um, I'm only 16, kind of living and learning by the day um, and kind of learning from other people's mistakes, as bad as that sounds. But yeah, um, Fred Brown Designs on on everything. Go follow me. <laughs> That's a plug-in. <laughs> I've got to say, though, <laughs> what way to start a podcast? Uh, the youngest guy's got the deepest voice. <laughs> Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. Look at that. This is this is strange for me having four people on. I can't. I'm because I got on gallery view. I can't. Looking around. Like the Brady Bunch. (laughs) Or has that gone over your mic? You got that? I I don't get it. I didn't get. I just laughed and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I get that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the topic of today we're we're going to talk about is uh, the difference of. Um, ages and also about sort of starting out in design and starting out in different careers and technologies and and the different um, obviously we've got two three different four well four people here <laughs> two of us are younger as, as Dave said earlier on before the podcast two of us are younger at the end of the scale of in our careers and and the other two are a bit more on in their careers um, so yeah we'll talk about that um, do we, <laughs> I don't know how to start me, me, I, I can Go start because I kind of asked the first question so um obviously you know i'm an older designer i'm i'm 53 don't feel it but sometimes i look in the mirror and i look it but so i'm 53 i start i left school at 16 i went straight to work um didn't even go into design like you know i did engineering i've done sales i've worked for a quarry company i had no computers at that time um when i did eventually you know when computers came into my life that's when 
I realized I could at least start to look at design as a possibility of my career. Then over the years, as it progressed and software came out, I realized that was, that was my calling. That's where I then end up. But it, it took me a while to get there. I had a day job and, you know, like Mike has said, Mike's been working for as long as you've been alive, Mark. Um, So my question really was when I think back to when I was 16, like Fred's age, I just wanted to leave school, get money, go out, you know, go out with my friends, hang around with girls, just do all that kind of thing. At no point um, was there ever a thought of me being freelance anything. You know, I I took my exams. It was get a job or go to college and Mm -hmm. kind of study something. But being a freelancer wasn't even a word in my vocabulary. So now I'm this end of the scale. I was just sort of more interested why, like, you know, Fred, you're 16, Mark, you're 21. Why do you want to put yourself under the pressure of being a freelancer so young instead of maybe five years learning the trade working because i i actually worked when i moved to swindon in my how old was i 39 late 30 yeah 39 40 i worked for a design agency for nine months i learned so much working for that agency in those nine months that i've carried a lot of things i learned from that forward as i progressed in my design career so why have you chosen to like go straight under the knife yeah. at a young age i i, I want to throw it to mike quickly because i want to see what your experiences was uh what, what experiences were when you what do you think are you on the same sort of lines before we um i had a bit of a different start because i got into design back in high school uh, junior high really my grade nine we had visual communications at my school and our visual communications teacher had i mean we had a, a full letterpress in our shop um, we were doing silk screening. We were doing all kinds of layout, but our, our t-shirts that we were designing, we didn't have, I mean, illustrator wasn't even, I mean, it was there, but it wasn't something we were using. We were cutting and pasting and doing full layouts and then photocopying them and running them through, you know, actual machines to get the designs that we needed for the layouts. So our cleanup was being done rather than a digital eraser. We were using whiteout and, and, you know, actual pencil and, um, so I was I, the same thing for me coming out of high school. It was you get a job or you go to college mm-hmm. and there wasn't much in the area that I grew up in for design work. So I ended up just going straight into sales and I worked in the sales industry until I was probably about 32 uh, and kept doing design work kind of in the background. Uh, and then it came out of a corporate trainer job and went and opened my company and ran my company. So I had an actual design firm of my own where I employed other people um, and, and just kind of took the reins on that one. Yeah, nice. Well, yeah, come back to your, your, your point about why, why we have this fire. I don't know, I, when, as you were saying, I was sort of looking at Fred and he, he was smiling along and I got the same sort of feeling. I thought we were both energetic about it, we were both smiling about it. So why, what do you reckon, Fred? Like, why, why is it? Why do we have this energy? Well, for for I think it's different for everyone everyone's own um, sake in their own case. But for me, it's kind of like I've always wanted to either do what's not done, um, or kind of take the lead myself. And there's kind of two separate ways of of saying this. So for example, um, in my it's my household isn't a typical household. I would say um, they're not really like oh you got to be a doctor you got to be this that this. Um, I just. I just do my own thing really. Um, 
and kind of fuck it, you know? <laughs> Language. Um, I, I just go with the flow. Um, and I found design early on and I'm super lucky and grateful for it. Um, because there's a lot of people out there that don't know what they're doing um, and they're a bit clueless. Um, they'll, they'll eventually find it, but I think the earlier you start, um, the more success stories you can be um, telling later on in life. Because, for example, me, I want to be speaking at events like Tom Ross or Aaron Draplin, and um, the more practice, the more experience, and the more um, kind of learning experiences that I have, um, the quicker everything will go and the more exciting the journey will be, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah, I wish I was that focused at 16. I mean, yeah. at 16 years old, I was more worried about what rims and tires I was going to put on my truck than what career path I was going to follow and how I wanted to be like, a, dude, you got it You're crushing it already at 16. So yeah, and when yeah. I ask the question, I don't even mean it as a negative. I, I, I just think it's we're in we're in, a, we're in a world of so much information and inspiration and you know being able to like i said the other the other day the amount of people that broadcast their lives on instagram live and facebook live and twitter is it's unthinkable for me to think at that age to have the confidence to even just put myself out there so i'm kind of applauding you because you are taking this big step at a young age and you know everyone's got to start somewhere and um but I, but I see you being successful. Like you've got a lot to learn at 16. Mark's got a lot to learn at 21. I'm still learning at 53. I'm sure Mike's still learning at 44. Every day. Different experiences and, and different things come across our path. But, you know, I'm, I'm as enthusiastic about learning from Aaron Draplin as you are, Fred. Um, we come at it from a different, different angle. But ultimately, I, I'm still inspired by the same people as you. And even now... I, and I said this to, to Mark in this podcast, the only time I've been freelance was when my two daughters were born for six months and nine months out of necessity. I wanted to walk away from work, be at home when my daughters were growing up until mm. I till the point where I had to go back to work. So I've always had a full-time job. So I'm kind of a little envious that I'm, I wasn't of an age that I could have stepped into that freelance attitude um, at an age, whereas now it's quite scary that, you know, if I just said oh, I'll quit my job and go freelance, I probably find it as scary as you do. But I've got different responsibilities. Whereas, like you, um, like me and Mike have got our own places. <clears throat> I'm assuming you don't live at home with your parents, Mike. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you guys, you know, you've got the safety and security of, of being at home. Uh, yeah. You've not got a mortgage. You've not got children. You, you know, you've not got you've not got great overhead. So your pre your pressures are different. It's not to say you don't have them, but your pressures are different. So I just kind of want to know sort of you two guys and, and Mike's input is what's kind of your plan? Well, I think like if it's, before we go into plans and stuff, I think that one of the things uh, which got inspired me and, and just sort of pushed our generation so much to, to want to work for ourselves and want to um, start something ourselves or even just try and have, I hate the word famous, but try to want to be, bigger than something that, you know, not working for yourself and bigger than the company that you work for and sort of be, I hate the word again, but influencer. Um, but it want to be someone like that, that, that model of, of just wanting to be someone um, is, is it comes down to a lot of stuff we consume like YouTube and uh, the people we watch. And um, like you say, you didn't have that stuff. You didn't have people constantly watch for it. I mean, you don't have to watch YouTube, but our generation, we watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. 
um, and people constantly just talking about working for yourself or constantly telling you to, well, motivating you and, and just telling you to, to, you know, do it on your own terms and, um, you know, it's, and sort of showing you that reality of you can make it yourself sort of thing. And there goes the phone. Brilliant. Um, that's a job. Mark's oh, going it down. <laughs> that's happened so many times in podcasts. Someone else is going to have to get that in the, it goes four times. It'll cut off. Yeah, good. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Uh, um, my professional podcast. So, yeah, just you've got so many people throwing it down your throat, and so many people talking about it uh, that it just sort of sort of feels natural. Especially us two finding at a very young age, finding design at a very young age. We know what we wanted to do. I think if I didn't find design at a young age, or if I didn't know what I wanted to do, I would be more entitled to go, more more inclined to go into a path of getting a job and and finding that. But, um, having a couple of jobs and being in working in internships and design agencies for, for at least six months and having a job for six months, I find that after six months, I can't really do it anymore. Um, I just, it's that repetition of not, you know, not doing it, not progressing and not just doing the same stuff each day. At least when I'm working for myself, I find that I can at least sort of see the progression a little bit. I can at least see that I'm getting better and well, hopefully like, yeah. I don't know. It just feels a bit more like I'm in control and I like being in control. Maybe yeah. it's the same with you, Fred. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's an interesting topic because like, we, it's, it's completely different, like you say. It's completely different starting points. Yeah, and you and like you, said, you just said there, there's a lot of influence. There's a lot of people um, like not not targeting you, but they kind of are because mm-hmm. you like you hone into people. And I can't believe, Mark, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm going to quote someone that you know who I would never quote. I actually, yeah. I actually saw a clip that I, I actually stopped and listened to, and I'm warming to him. I am warming. <laughs> oh, to no him. way! Yeah, brilliant. Gary V. I knew it. <laughs> who I'm not the greatest fan of, but it's it's his job to convince me that. But one thing he said about interns that I thought was really good, and it's something I'm really big on, is networking. Mm-hmm. It's you can like stay at home and do all this stuff. But if you don't go out there and meet people, if you don't go and put yourself in front of people, it's not, it's going to be harder for you. And he said, if you get a job as an intern, don't sit there thinking you're going to learn to be a great designer or you're going to learn to be a great marketer. What you're going to become is a great networker. You Mm. need to get around that building and let everyone know who you are, get to know who everyone is. He said, because when you show the kind of value of person you are, if that person leaves and they're looking for someone, you'll be the intern they remember that they were working hard and showing interest. So it's kind of, it's not always all about learning the craft. It's about learning the bits that go with the craft. Like, you know, I'm sure Mike will agree business, just learning the business side of being a designer, um, knowing how to manage a market and finance and um, you know, how, how and when to spend your money that kind of stuff so i actually thought it was quite quite a good thing that you said there and it made sense because that is something i still do today i still try and go to events and meet up with people and Mm. just keep learning and and knowing because my boss jokes all the time that you know someone will post something on twitter and they go oh someone left a really cool message and us and that's how i know who that is and he's like do you just know everybody in the design world it's like i know of a lot of people but I'm lucky enough that I can also travel and go to events and mm. get to meet people. So, you know, I've met Mark, hopefully one day I'll meet you two guys, but th- this kind of stuff now, you know, 
we didn't have podcasts. Yeah. It's different yeah. starting points. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I think it's great what you, the, the start you two guys have got, you know, I, I think it's uh, admi- admirable. Um, there's still like, there's still a willingness, isn't there? There's still like, you, you can still have all this stuff. There's so many people our age that aren't, or well, your age, you're my age, different ages, yeah. um, that are, do have all this sort of content. I've got, I know loads of people from school that have gone downhill and had babies at 20 or 18. And yeah, it's like, I know a couple of people are in prison now, sitting <laughs> my year. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, punching a grand. That's terrible. That. Um, yeah, yeah, drugs. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, he, yeah, it, it's definitely different starting points, but you, you, know, you still have to have that willingness. You still have to have that motivation to, to want to do it. So, where does that come from, Fred? Where did you, where did you get that from? Well, um, I was talking the last time we talked um, in person, well, on, uh, on Zoom was I think you also explained it kind of started with the like YouTube gaming com- community and it was like it's a really shitty place to be um it's like designing banners for like maybe like like Mike was saying for like five dollars it's ridiculous it's underpaid and it's really crap but that's kind of I I enjoyed it then um and I like seeing the reaction people had when they saw my work and um and how happy they were and to see that it's still that some of those Twitch streamers, some of those YouTubers still to this day have that logo. That's pretty impressive for something that I made at 14 that, um, that is still being used, which um, really excites me and wants me to, uh, makes me want to work harder. Um, so I think it's the people's reaction and how long it lasts that really inspires me to keep making and keep creating. Um, but there's a lot to learn, you know. Yeah. So let me ask. Let me ask this, Fred. Are you kind of focused in one area then, or are you trying to kind of spread out and and learn as much as you can in as many different areas? Yeah, exactly. So right now I offer three services, which is logo design, brand identity, and name uh, brand naming slash tagline um, naming. Um, so I'm kind of learning as much as possible right now, um, and then hopefully uh, later on I will narrow down. Um, but I don't know what I like most yet, which I think is still going to require a bit of uh, more work, client work and stuff like that to figure all that out. But eventually niching down, like everyone says, is, is the thing to do. So, mm. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like as much as possible. Well, I know a lot of my friends are photographers. And one of the things that uh, is quite prevalent in that world is the photographers. When you say to a photographer, like, what do you shoot? And they go, oh, everything, you know, family, babies, weddings, corporate. So, but you don't specialize in anything. You, you're not showing anyone you're great at one good thing. So I think it's good that you find your style by trying everything. And also, um, you know, there, there's, I'm not going to name him. Mark might know who it is. There's a guy on Instagram that I follow that every time I see him post something, I just go, oh, I so like Aaron Draplin's. <laughs> It's like it's too, the work is too, it's too close. And I just think, yes, you're doing a very good job, but that's not you. You you are just mimicking. um, So I never think it's this person's work. Well, I do, because I realise straight away, it's, oh, that looks like, it's kind of like Draplin, but not quite. Oh, I bet I know who that is. Oh, yes, it is that person. So I think it's good to find a style and, and, and kind of hone it but don't like don't try and be everything to everybody and take every bit of work that comes along because i'm sure mike's you know 
we've experienced it in early on you kind of do become eager and want to take on every job but you find your portfolio is never that strong well yeah and i mean like when we, when i had my company we would take on any design job whatsoever right somebody yeah. needed business cards to websites to a brochure it just didn't matter um so i when i took my break from the design world it allowed me to go back and actually look at it and see, okay, what do I really enjoy here? What, you know, yeah. where, where do I want to focus my time? And that's brought me back into it. And now I'm focused on nothing but logos and vector design. Right. Yeah. So I mean, even my YouTube channel, I, I did vlogs and Photoshop and illustrator and InDesign. And I was training everybody on everything. So this time I'm, again, I'm, I'm focusing a hundred percent on illustrator. Um, and I think it's just, I think getting boiled down to that niche, it's not only what I enjoy, but it's what I'm good at. So, yeah. That's, that's good that they're the same thing as well, because I, I'm i niching down now and trying to just do football design work and trying to just do football stuff. And that's something that I really love. And it's good that I think I'm okay at that as, as well as doing something I really like. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, if, you, if those two are the same thing, then that's, that's perfect. But you're doing something else as well, Mark, which uh, which I really like because I actually forget it's you. I see it and I go, "Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's Mark." It's the football creative. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not just designing, but you're you're sharing and you're kind of it, kind of educating in a way. You're you're um, what's the word? Uh, kind of getting information together and picking out the best bits and putting it back out as kind of an inspiration to give people a feel of what you're interested in so i like now i would be really inclined to come to you if i really needed something football related design i you'd be the first door i'd be knocking on because mm. it's not just hey look here's a football logo it's you get the sport you're researching you're looking yeah. at like kits you're looking at football programs you were doing and another thing i want to, to ask you all um so I don't mean to have all the questions, but I'm just no, good. by you guys what you're doing. Um, is personal projects is I can't can't recommend personal projects enough. Yeah, is is get that work out there like you've been doing. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I've been recommended because of the the football creative to to all stuff. And that's how I got involved with a Scottish Scottish football club that's just started up. Um, it's just it's just being the guy that i think it's a gary v thing again just being the guy that people know about and the, the, the one with all the knowledge so if people see you as the football man if, and, and you're putting out all of the the good football news or kits or you're talking about it all the time then people are going to see you as that person it's yeah. that, that famous gary v saying you know if you're a media company you, well, you're a media company first rather than a design agency so you're constantly putting out podcasts and constantly putting out like news about sports and news about kit designs and um yeah, and that has, that's how you build up your brand. Forget yeah. Gary V, mate. Your, gra- your granddad, your granddad, the best one. It's not, it's not who you know. It's who knows you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Granddad, granddad knows the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably the same age as me as well. <laughs> <laughs> it is you. It is you. Oh, my granddad. If I, if I can ask Mike a question, um, how how quick did you go to like running your own studio, then, Mike, from sort of day one? What was that progression? Um. Well, I, I designed my first logo at 19, which it was for friends and family. Uh, and then that kind of picked up from there and turned into like some brochure design, business card design. So I, I had been doing design of my own freelance for just about, it would have been about 11 years before 
uh, I decided to actually go out on my own. Um, and, and again, it was kind of circumstance because I had been working as a corporate designer or a, a corporate trainer, I mean, for about five and a half years. And then the company that I was working for shut down. So I had to do something. And there was, there was a self-employment program that was being run by a local company here. So I went and took that. And that in turn turned into me starting my own company. So I, I had been designing for about 10 or 11 years part-time uh, and then took the plunge. And I had never worked for a design studio or anything before that. Um, so for me, it was lessons in not only business and design, but just, you know, it, it was everything. So it was going from working for somebody else for the last 15 years to being on my own. Yeah. So how come we have the audacity just to say, fuck it, we're doing it ourselves then? How come we're doing that? <laughs> How, how do we have the balls to do that then? <laughs> Cocky kids coming yeah. along taking our jobs. <laughs> coming to, yeah. Uh, but you, I, I think you've got more examples though, right? Because you guys have, you've got like, you know, the, the Chris Doe, even though he's our age. I mean, he's the one that's out there really promoting you guys. You don't need to go to school, right? If you've got yeah. the skill, you've got the talent, you know the tools, get out there and do it. You've got the Gary V's of the world that are, are promoting this hustle, you know, like get out there and, and work and, and you'll see the, the fruits of your labors. We didn't have that back in the day. I mean, we had, oh, I'm, I'm trying to think of, we had all the sales guys, right? Yeah, the, Tony the, Robbins. The, the cassettes, you know, 14 cassettes of 14 hours of this guy telling you that you're worth every penny. Yeah. Get out there, you know, like the used car salesman type guys. Yeah. So... I just think it's a whole different culture now. You guys have all of these people that you can follow and listen to and it, it, it boosts your motivation or boosts, boosts your, uh, your level of, um, I guess your want and your drive and your desire and everything else gets boosted because of the, of the follower or the people that you're able to follow. Yeah. Zig Ziglar. Have you guys heard of Zig uh, Ziglar? Yeah, yeah, I know. I know that is. Yeah. Yeah. Figured, yeah. Okay. Go look him up afterwards. Yeah. You know, I've only heard of him from the song, If You Want to Be My Lover. <laughs> he's the gary v of my generation yeah and i remember tony robbins he was like the as well yeah the, the kind of lifestyle guru so mark question for you then and i know we've touched on this before and it was that post you made about chris yes where chris is i was i mean i was amazed when we met chris at creative south i didn't realize chris was 47 and like so he's between me and mike yeah he's looking good for 47 yeah. like benjamin button <laughs> um it's <laughs> just not aging but some obviously a thing we spoke about i remember in in the hall where we were talking about the, the christo thing where you were like had that feeling of why aren't i this f famous successful yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was because mark you're 20 yeah, yeah yeah and he's 47 and the example i gave to you of of knowing exactly where you are in that pecking order is if Mike had a, if Jessica Hish hadn't turned up and Mike needed a speaker, he could turn to Chris and go, Chris, could you do an hour? And Chris could go, yeah, which, which, what, what would you want me to do? Chris would get up and absolutely nail it. Like he'd done it a hundred times before yeah. you would be mumbling and not you seriously you would but you yeah, wouldn't yeah. know what to do because you are you have not got 26 years experience to back up the place you want to be so i think it's great to aspire to be kind of in christo's shoes but you could probably be in those shoes at 30 you know look at tom tom ross you know tom's just turned 30 31 he's the ceo he's now pushing himself out as a 
uh, wants to go on the speaking circuit. He's, you know, he's putting himself out there, but he's still only like 30. Mm. So imagine what he can achieve in 17 years um, and at Chris Doe's age. So yeah, I think, exciting. I think you've got an exciting time now, but as an older person, like with experience, I would say this is where I think kind of the, pressure comes in and I, I don't know about you Fred at 16 whether you'll feel that yet is I, I said this someone today the, the, the whole mental health thing kicks in really quickly at a much younger age because you guys mm. are kind of motivationally pressured into being something more than you're ready to be because you're being told you can be it yeah. you know when Gary V says you know if you want to do something you love you quit your job and do it it's like, yeah, easy to say when you're a millionaire sat in the back of a Bentley on the way to an airport for a for business class flight to a speaking gig that will pay you 200 grand, you know, but, but when you've got a family and kids, it's all very well to have someone try and motivate you by saying that, but it's a whole different thing, you know, life, life as a way of kind of being more important than words. I think, yeah, I think it's, um, it's a, it's a very... <clears throat> interesting topic at the moment and yeah how social media because we haven't seen it before that's the thing we haven't seen yeah. social media before so no one knows how it's affecting young people yeah affecting young people in a bad way um whether it's comparisons which i was doing with christo which is just out of order and shouldn't be doing that and after i made that that post about it i it's, it's, it's something in my brain switched where i'm not doing it as much anymore where it, where it's even if i'm being not even getting on social media anymore i'm, I'm trying not to not not have a detox and all that stuff, but I'm just trying to not not look at other people so much. Um, whereas before, when I was comparing myself to other people, it was just on it all the time, just just looking through people's stories and um, and and yeah, it, it it's not a good thing to do. I think that's the problem with, with a lot of young women as well. They compare themselves to I know none of us are young women, but <laughs> comparing ourselves, comparing ourselves to some people, especially body body wise and stuff, yeah. stereotypes and the bodies and image imagery even you actually got it in, in men as well now these days you yeah. go on social media but um yeah it's a it's a strange place for sure um i, I don't know what the answers are but <laughs> I, I don't i don't think it's just a younger generation issue either though because i mean right. i see people my age that are still going through this right i mean myself even i compare myself to graphic designers all over the world and, and of all different ages i see guys like fred that are coming up at 16 and crushing the design world and, and yeah. you know, making these logos and stuff that i'm going like dude if i could have been doing that at 16 i mean now at 47 or 44 i'd be you know where would i be now i'd be the next christo yeah uh, but i mean i'm just coming back into this world again at 44 so i'm almost like that 16 year old because vector design was was never anything that i had focused on so i'm almost in the same boat as fred but he's got 30 years to get to where i'm at yeah and so. the difference between them and us, Mike, is, you know, I've, I've got 20, I don't know, I've got 21 years mortgage left. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm paying my mortgage till I'm in my 70s. 20, because, 24. Yeah. These guys are in a world now where they could be, if they can earn the money at this age and, be, and become, rep, you know, reputable designers and, and do more than just design and finer revenue streams, that, you know, Mark and Fred could be, could have their mortgages paid off by the time they're 30 35 oh if they're yeah. smart about it they could yeah. pay cash for their house exactly and yeah. i think that that i think giving yourself 
uh, kind of that kind of goal of, of that comfortableness, mm. I think is healthier than trying to be famous. Cause I would say to people, do you want to be famous or do you want to be respected because you're good? And you are like a benchmark of something like I used to joke whenever I left a job is people, you know, you go on and I just say, I just wanted to do a good enough job that the next person, like the person that takes over from me has to live up to the standards I've set. You know, that's that's not, yeah, that's not how Dave would have done it. So I, I kind of wanted the respect of knowing I was really good at my job, but I don't need to be famous at being my job. I won't, quote, I won't quote exactly what Ricky Gervais said, but it was like someone said to him, I want to be famous. He said, well, then go and kill someone. <laughs> yeah, because oh, yeah. you will be. You'll be famous. Your ways. You know, there's, there's ways to be famous, but what, what is it about the, the fame that's better than being good or I, the best? I think uh, the, the financial freedom or the financial independence of, I think it's what, is it 75,000 a year, is it? That, that special number? Um, of of just, ha- just not worrying about money. I mean, it's not even that much. If, for me, it'd be what ten grand. I think that'd be if I had that a year, then it'd be that, um, and I wouldn't be having to worry about money at all. And I could go to credit staff without having to spend everything, every penny in my bank account. And I could, uh, I could literally, I came out with no money last year. I had to borrow hundred quid off my sister to get back from Canada. Um, so that's what you'd want to earn out of what you do in a year. Yeah, I, if I had ten grand while I was living at home, I could live very comfortably. Yeah. But you should be, you should be, a cheap, you should be looking at earning twenty, yeah. Because you bank ten, and then there's your ten to spend. Yeah. Because when you then when you get to that twenty, you can look at thirty. You can get on the property ladder quicker. You can. So it's I I did the same, mate. I left school at sixteen, and I went to work for my dad because he was going to pay me thirty two pound a week, and it meant I could buy lights for my bike, so I could go out with my mates. <laughs> you know, like you say, my my. Uh, desires then were yeah. just being able to go out and have enough money in my pocket but yeah for the work you're doing mark i'm i'm i was surprised that was it was that low yeah you, <laughs> because if you were being employed today if you if you took on a job i would be expecting to pay you 18 to twenty thousand I'd have money, as a yeah. junior designer so that's what you should be striving to earn uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's yeah, you know, as much as I can, isn't it? It's the money, I, I'm not. It's not a set figure of ten grand. It's, yeah. it's as much as I can earn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it's just, it's just that's just the, probably the minimum. Like, if I had that much money, I'd be, I'd be comfortable. <laughs> what about you, Fred? Have you got kind of a an annual amount that you try to earn, or are you just doing the work and seeing what comes in? Yeah, uh, seeing what comes in. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have very kind um, parents that financially support me a lot, um, which is super helpful because I hear all these stories where the parents aren't the most supportive, um, but they've been nothing but supportive um, at times, well, financially (laughs) at least. Um, So for example, going to Creative South next year, I I can do that, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm super grateful for. But um, I am a bit scared that eventually I will get kicked out of this house at 18 and have to start getting my shit together. So, <laughs> the er- like I said, the earlier I start um, to start earning money, the better, right? And and like we said earlier, Mike, is learning business. Yeah. Learning how to manage that money and what, you know, because like Mark says, um, 
when the money comes in, it's kind of you're thinking, what can I spend it on? Um, what opportunities have opened up for me, like being able to go to Creative South or being able to, like I, used, I was nagging Mark about, come on, man, you're doing a podcast. Don't don't put it on a free hosting company. Get yourself <laughs> a platform where you're, you'll get proper stats where you can go to a sponsor. And when they say, because I'm going through it now, I've got a, I've got a show, a, a sponsor, all our stats for the podcast. Yeah. And luckily, because the platform I'm on, I've got all that information. I can see like time, best times of day, best days of week. I get really drilled down stats. Um, we, we need to get more demographics for the kind of people listening, but we'll do that through a survey. But th- th- investing money back in what you're doing is as important as like the networking side and the equipment side. And, you know, you've just bought a new Mac. Fred, you've just bought a new iMac. Um, Mike, I don't know what equipment you've got, but, you know, that those are the... the the day-to-day expenses we have to kind of bottom line this year what i'm going to need what what do i need to run a company because i'm you know for me and mike it's if we were if we rock up at a meeting um to be hired unfortunately uh in our favor people will look at both of us and go well there's a couple of guys that have been doing this for 20 years okay now Fred turns up at an interview for a fairly big local company. He's 16. His his work is probably (laughs) way better than mine, but he'll be judged at being 16. What experience has he got? You know, can he handle it? Can he, can he handle it? Can he handle the money? Um, is it, you know, is he, once he sees the money in the bank, like a lot of people see jobs, what, wow, I'm going to earn $3,000. Next thing, you know, they're online booking a holiday on Expedia. And all mm. of a sudden that job that you promised two weeks is taking two months because you're not focused on the, what that business decision was. Yeah. Have you had that Fred? I mean, have either of you or uh, Fred or Mark, have you had an experience yet where your age has maybe gone against you in terms of being hired? Um, I, I do find it hard to find like a unique selling point um, because like I don't have a lot of social proof. I've been trying to gather as much social proof as possible um, right now, but having barely any social proof um, and like most of my um, case studies are um, personal projects um, makes it a bit, you know, iffy if they want to go with me. Because if they were real companies, like for example, not Nike, but like a, lo- a local coffee shop that wasn't a- that was an actual coffee shop, I think I could attract more clients than I could if. Because I always write if it's not a real case study, if it's a real personal project or a real company. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of has an effect on if they decide to go with me or not. Yeah, and the worst thing you can do is po- I've seen someone do this. They posted a person. They posted something where a friend of theirs had photographed a, a sneaker trainer um, and they'd put a background, a stock background in and added a smoke effect. And the way they worded it was like they'd been hired by Nike to shoot and retouch this, this sneaker. And, and it gave, they were given the, the impression that they had worked nike now had you rocked up an interview and they were like oh tell us how someone like your age end up getting a you know getting a job that that high value um high profile and then you go oh actually that was my shoe i bought on saturday and i just retouched it in 
of David and I mention, and you know, straight away that you know the the door will be smacking you on the ass as you as you leave the building. So, so I think all credibility. Yeah, yeah, and you're not going back in that building again. And then there'll be you know, ah, oh, so, you know, some kid came in and trying to pretend he was something. So I think it, that's uh, that's a tough thing for you. Um, I've that's why I say we always separate personal projects and make it very clear like you've been doing mark with your football programs is yeah i'm a bit worried now because i haven't done it all of them (laughs) no but but what you were showing was your creativity but Mm. at no point did i ever feel you were you'd been hired by a club you made it quite aware that this was a personal project you were doing and you were taking the opportunity of um oh look you know the champions league finals coming up i'm going to design what i think the program would look like to the point where you start looking at them thinking that could be the program cover. You know, the lionesses one you've done recently, really cool. But that's the point. I was, I was trying, yeah, I was trying to get myself to a standard where I think it could be used. Um, and I've done a pitch for a Premier League football club recently, um, which is cool. But uh, I don't think I think it's going to come of it yet. But we'll see. But that, that was, you know, so it's, it's at least my work is getting. I sent out the portfolios to Premier League football clubs and yeah. I spoke to Mike about it, uh, sorry, to uh, Fred about it. And at least it's of that standard where I know, okay, that it could actually be used by Premier League clubs now, which is yeah. great. So I'll just keep doing that, hopefully, and hopefully eventually it'll, it'll come around and I will be earning an amount where I can go to Creative South and not worry about it. Yeah. So I'll yeah, just keep going, I guess. So I've got a question for, for Fred and Mark then. Have you guys, uh, have either of you thought about trying to find like a, a 15, 20 plus year mentor in the industry to kind of help you navigate your career over the next five, 10 years, just to, you know, I mean, whether it's free or paid or whatever, but get somebody that can help you understand sort of where you're going and keep you on a path where you don't get, you know, it's like we were saying, you know, booking a, a, an Expedia trip and, and all of a sudden the project is three months into the future, keeping you focused, I guess. I, th- I think I'm subconsciously doing it through the podcast, to be honest. Um, I, I, I mean, I've had people like Ian Padgett and, um, and Super Logo Boy, uh, Paddy McGrath as well, that um, they very early on helped me out a lot uh, in when I was Fred's age, uh, helped me out with getting to know design and getting to know how to deal with clients and that. So it was very useful uh, uh, then, but now it's more just the podcast and talking to people and just getting on calls like this and, and chatting to you. And I'm sure I'll message you later on about the questions I have. So, what about you, Fred? Um, so I kind of want to shout out two people here. Um, Diane Gibbs. Oh, Diane. She is such a sweetheart. She's, she's helped me so much. Um, and for Creative South, she's also been um, such a darling. She's so kind. Um, and then Ian Patchett. Um, he's also really helpful. I'm in, I'm in his pro community, so we have like bi-weekly calls. And I always message him if I have a question. So he, he's been super helpful. Um, and there's a few more out there. Um, and I think the fact that I network already at such a young age is really good because I've been able to get in contact with um, people such as Diane and Ian. Yeah. And those relationships will help you, Fred, because the one of the strongest points, um, I'm really hoping that there's this thing me and Diane are talking about that I really hope comes off because it'll be brilliant if it does. But if you've been at Creative South and say, I'm standing talking to, I don't know, Aaron Draplin, because I do know, because I know Aaron, me introducing you to Aaron elevates, <laughs> your, but it elevates your, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the word is, 
you're immediately elevated from just someone walking up to him because yeah. the relationship is well Aaron knows I wouldn't introduce him to some kid who's an arsehole you know I'm I I wouldn't do that so the fact that you've been introduced by someone that's already respected or or liked mm-hmm. instantly like kind of gives you a lift up you he'll he'll talk to you rather than smile do a selfie and walk off I think yeah. that's important to and diet you know I love Diane and that's one of the things that she and I both love doing is introducing people to other people. Yeah. It's, um, you know, we, we've been around enough people now to know how good people behave and how bad people behave. Yeah. And making those introductions carries so much more weight than you. Sometimes you still do have to walk up to people and I still do it. I, you know, I even Chris, I'd never met Chris before and I was, not i wasn't starstruck by him but i was respectful of his uh stature of his status in the yeah. industry that i wouldn't just walk up slap him on the back and go all right chrissy boy how you doing <laughs> <laughs> i i went up and i kind of said oh, hi chris we finally meet i'm dave clayton we've spoken a couple of times on social media and he remembered and you know i'd always been respectful in all my communication you know i appreciate your busy um, i'd love to introduce you to street graphics or whatever um, and what I thought was really nice, every time I saw him at Creative South, he always called me by my name. You know, he remembered my name. And that's a that's a big thing. When you do meet these people, remember their names, remember something about them. Um, when I was a salesman, I used to keep a little book. And every time I used to go and visit a customer, whatever conversation we had, I'd go out to the car and I'd make notes just about, you know, something, their family, their likes, their football team, their holidays. Um, because I couldn't remember them all the time. But when I used to go back um, and it was me and like a, co- a competitor, I'd go in and I wouldn't even be trying to sell for the first 15, 20 minutes. I'd make him a coffee and we'd be talking about his football team or the holidays just had. And eventually I'd be like, oh crap, I better ask you about work. Do you need anything before I go? And he'd go, yeah, yeah, wait there, hang on. I'll order this. I'll order. In fact, no, I'll order two of them because it saved me. And that used to buy me so much more credibility because... I, I gave a crap. I actually was genuinely interested by the people I was meeting. I wasn't just kind of, I want to meet you because you're famous. And if I take a picture with you and post it on Instagram, uh, I'm instantly as famous as this guy. It's like, no, you stood next to, you stood next to someone for a photograph. Yeah. But even now when I like pick up my phone and I've got a text from Aaron Draplin, that means a lot to me, even that, you know, I'm older than him. But it means a lot to me that he would think to text me and ask me something. And it's taken me three years to get to that point. Yeah. You know, it didn't happen overnight. There was some stuff I had to do. And you do have to sometimes put in, put in the hours. You know, Mark's doing it with the podcast. He's making himself available. Hours he could be working, hours he could be honing his craft. But he's taken, you know, you've made the podcast as part of what you do. And you're built, you've built this huge, like an incredible list of guests <laughs> that, you know, I, I still look and see Stefan Sagmeister. I'm like, oh yeah, I've got Stefan Sagmeister for my 100th episode. But, you know, Paul Asher, um, Aaron Traplin twice, you've, you've put yourself out there where you could have been knocked back for being young. And yeah. like, oh God, you know, another kid wants to ask me the same old questions. Um, but they do it and then they're giving you their time 
and you're respecting their time and you're taking the opportunity that you are learning. I think you've got, you've got a great opportunity. I think what you're doing, Fred, and these little communities that are breaking out now where people are helping and mentoring. Um, I think it's good if it's consistent. Um, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's healthy when, uh, I'm going to take Tom Ross as the good side of it um, because of the way he's doing it is he's building his community and helping people and genuinely putting himself out there. But let's say we, we could make an evil Tom Ross <laughs> who could then only be doing it for a short amount of time until he feels I'm, I'm of a status now where I am famous. I yeah. don't need to help you lot anymore. I've got bigger fish to fry. So I think the path that Tom's creating for himself is he's, he, he looks like he's going to be in it for the longevity but i've equally seen other people who they want to ride the gary v train yeah they'll sell they help you and they'll be genuine and it's all you know oh, i'll be your best buddy i'm going to get you there but the minute like that the train comes along it takes them it's like cheerio mark cheerio fred I, I don't need you guys i've got to the place i want to be so yeah. i think that's that's another thing where i mean fred um fred you just said that you've joined Ian's mentoring group. Yeah. Ian's also being mentored by Tom. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so even though like you've got a mentor that your mentor's got a mentor that's helping him and Tom's got a kind of a mentor. He's got someone he looks up to. So I think it's interesting that that's kind of, it's passing along good you know, information. Sorry to cut you off. So someone to, yeah. So I want to, I'm trying to, I don't know if he's doing it now or not, but he talked about it to me in the past, Scotty Russell. So I'm trying to get on, because Scotty is is uh, basically exactly what I want to do, apart from, I don't know, I don't want a kid yet and I don't want a job yet. Mm. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the podcast, the way he's grown his podcast, the way he's got an amazing community, the way he's, his persona and I feel like I can relate to him a lot more, especially meeting him at Crop, he's a really, really genuine guy and yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to get. Look how long he's been doing it as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, that's the thing. I'm. I'm so so him. Yeah. It's the one I'm looking up to, and he did um some some mentoring groups or, or tested some mentoring classes anyway, and um, I'm trying to get onto his next next lot, which I need to message him about. But uh, yeah, so that's someone. But um, I, I I really like the idea of having someone like that to to guide you through everything to make it a bit easier. I just. I guess I just haven't looked into it enough. What about you, Mike? Are, are you who are yeah. you still inspired by? Who do you kind of keep your eye on as a? Okay. I mean, for me, the two and you you brought them up a couple of times now. Draplin is. I mean, even at at, at my age, he's a hero of mine. Uh, I mean, I, I think you can see it in my work. I'm one of those guys that when you post, right? But I mean, it's funny because Draplin even brought it up, right? He he said himself his style isn't new right it's not no it's so bass um but i think a lot of us are trying to i mean i still go out junking now right i go out and take the oh. badges and my next skillshare class that i'm planning right now is on retro vintage label design um just because i find it fascinating right seeing all these old 1960s and 50s and 70s labels it just blow my mind that these guys were designing this stuff pen and paper right there were yeah. there were no computers back then and and the stuff that they were designing was just killer 
Uh, so I mean, from a design perspective, yes, that kind of yeah. stuff. Junk awesome. type book. From so, a design I mean, perspective, Draplin is my, he's my go-to designer. Yeah. And same here. I, I just designed some stickers for the field nuts um, group. It wasn't until I put them down and looked at them and realized how influenced by Aaron's style that they were. And, and I didn't mean it to, but I love that old retro. I, that's why I get on so well with Dustin Lee and I love retro supply. It's why I was drawn yeah. to Aaron the very first time, um, interviewed Bill Rose about this book. And we had the similar kind of love of, of that design, pre-computer design when people, you know, there are people we will never know about who designed this cool stuff that we now find collectible and, and works of art. And their job was just to make a, a lion logo to go on a box of matches. And we'll never know who that person was. And yet we've got that box on our shelf and we use that as inspiration. Yep. So I, I love Aaron's work as well. Um, I, and obviously Aaron's inspirations from, you know, I looked at the, I famously talk about the, his bookshelf. Um, it's through Aaron. I got the job at Street Graphics indirectly. You know, there's, he's a he's an influence he's become a friend um but there's lots of young designers out there that i'm equally influenced by that i'm discovering each day because it's like look at the look at the d it's not just the work it's the detail and i like it when people show their like like we used to say at school show me working out show don't don't just give me the maths answer show me your workings out how did you get to that point i like that here's the sketch here's me taking it from the sketch to illustrator here's me showing you how my penmanship is turning this into something uh, a bit more mathematical and clinical uh here's the finished product here's the mock-up of it um it always makes me laugh when people who do like digital painting and they they do a little video and you only ever see them just painting the last eyebrow <laughs> of of the masterpiece I want to see what they started with. I want to see the building up. I don't care about the last eyelash. I can do that. I can be Bob Ross. I can download an image and put it in a Wacom Cintiq and put my little glove on and, you know, and just draw those last two strands in. But that tells me nothing. Okay. So I, I like seeing the process. That's one of the things I've loved about uh, Aaron and some other designers that I've started to see is they show the ideation. Um, then they're showing yeah the concept they're showing like ian barnard showing his work on procreate i think procreate has been a massive help for for the design industry now lettering um and and sketching and like scott soda um, rob mcclurkin uh josh lewis you know the the guys who are doing kind of the the children's artwork um the one i always tell people about i don't know mike mike and fred if you're as aware of it um stranger things mm-hmm. yeah all the artwork for stranger things season one two and three was all done by one person called carl lambert who i believe is i'm gonna say late 20s maybe 30 all that's done on uh, procreate on an ipad all that hand drawing he takes it into photoshop to do some final bits because obviously it's going off to press yeah but all that hand drawing, um, if anyone's watching, listening, Google, um, uh, go on YouTube and look up Morgan Freeman iPad and watch the guy draw 
the picture of Morgan Freeman that looks like a photograph. That's Carl. Yeah. That's Carl Lambert. He did that with his finger. Um, and he's doing the strange, all that Stranger Things artwork on an on an iPad. Wow. You know, and it, when you look at for, for us, Drew Struzan, um, who guy did Raiders of the Lost Ark and Back to the Future and those iconic film posters, and like Paul Shipper now, who's kind of taken on the, the taken on the torch from Drew. Um, he's doing it on a Wacom Cintiq. Drew did it on a canvas with paint, and then you got Kyle, who's doing it on an iPad. And all that artwork, just you know, they're getting hired. It, it stands the test of time. So, I think showing process is really cool. I think that's a, that's a big thing for well, you said it in Barn, but I think he's one of the best people that does it the best in in the uh, in the in the industry in the hand lettering industry. Just um, it's just yeah, and you can see that by the numbers he gets in on on Instagram. Just uh, yeah, just it's amazing. Really, really good work. <laughs> But also showing that complete process just definitely helps people understand what he does and understand what well how quick he is and yeah it's just a it's a good tip if people are young people listening to this yeah I think part of this too though is you can't be scared I mean I think a lot of people are worried that by showing their process a designer is going to beat them right they're they're going to get beat out by another logo designer or by another type designer or I mean for me I want to show my process because I want the up and comers like Fred to not have to struggle through well how the hell does this tool work and why can't i get it to do what i want it to do i i mean if i can inspire him to all of a sudden have a hundred thousand followers on instagram or hit a million people on youtube because of something that i showed him how to do my job's done i mean yeah. even if i'm still sitting at a thousand subscribers on youtube and he's sitting at a million more power to him right um and if you are fred throw my yeah. But do, do you also find Mike as well? Um, is when you when you go on Instagram and you post that logo um, for everyone to go like, "Oh, great, awesome, great work." I do like it when people leave more constructive comments, but they don't see the twenty shit ones you did <laughs> that got rejected and kicked back, and you or you just couldn't get right. And I think that's another thing is you have to show your failures. You have to show the ones that didn't make it because I mean, that is Aaron, Dra Aaron Draplin's latest talk is the stuff that got away. And if you watch yeah. his Instagram feed, you keep seeing, he's like, Oh, the crab, he pulled out the crab the other day that mm -hmm. he'd done for a project a while ago. And now he's turned that into merchandise and he's probably made, you know, probably made my salary, <laughs> you know, Mark's <laughs> he's made Mark's 10 grand in probably a week, just selling yeah. stickers, back. but that's because Aaron can, you know, you know what it's like trying to sell those t-shirts mark and yeah. I, I know oh, yeah. they're, they're yeah. it. <laughs> uh, available on blue did <laughs> but just because aaron Drapling is doing it doesn't mean we can instantly replicate that because he's doing it because people want you know i said the best thing he's ever done is you go to a conference and you see 25 graphic designers who are all freelancers who run their own business all wearing ddc caps what yeah that is, that is genius marketing yeah the guys are wearing someone else's brand and paying to do so yeah but i mean it, he takes a lot of shit too i mean if you, yeah. if you look at his comments there's a lot of people that are like dude your, your stuff's so generic or 
you know, this is, this is amateurish. I don't know, understand how you've made the career that you've made because you're not really doing anything spectacular or you're just copying designs from the seventies. But I mean, obviously he's doing something right. Right. He's got his a following. House is, his house is paid for his studio yeah. in his back gardens paid for his mum's house is paid for. He, he told me a, a story that he went, he, uh, you know, he's got that typeface is industry. Uh, no, DVC hardware. Hardware. Yeah. Right. And he went to, and I'm paraphrasing what he told me, but he said he went, he ended up going to a typography event. Um, and obviously Aaron looking like Aaron, he, he comes in and people kind of look down their noses at him. And, and they're all like these fancy letterers, you know, spending hours fussing over the letter T to make it mathematically perfect. And, mm-hmm. um, and they just said to him, so oh, would you consider yourself a typographer? And he said, no, I'm a graphic designer. And it's like, well, what, what makes you, different to us then and Aaron just said I'm profitable (laughs) (laughs) and he is he said you know I I know how to make money I know how to take what I do break it up into several components so there's the book the touring the merchandise the actual work that he does Mm -hmm. field notes there's five revenue streams there he can lose any one of them and replace it He's, but he's got four other revenue streams. He's not just relying on just making logos, but yeah. he's, he's had to build up to do that over the years. Hence why his book is brilliant because mm-hmm. it tells the story of that journey from kid doing fanzines for a skateboard company to, you know, 46 years old, uh, 46, 47 years old, doesn't have a mortgage, you know, but the other, I mean, you see this in a lot of people, a lot of, not even in just the design world, he gives a damn, right? And not just about the designs. He cares about the people that... Yeah, right? I love his like work you ethic. you and me and, and Fred and, and Mark, you know, like he cares about all of us as a whole. Yeah. Um, and you can tell. You can see it in his courses. You can see it in his, in his speaking, right? Like, yeah, he just... I don't know. He's not this guy that's like, I'm famous. I don't have time for anybody else. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's quite the opposite. I, I joked to Lee, his, his girlfriend, and said... I'd love to interview you. Um, I'd love to interview her because it's, I said to her, it must be so hard for you to just get from A to B, you know, and Aaron's not even a rock star. He's not even an actor. He's a graphic designer that's respected in that world. But to watch Aaron get from A to B, he stops for every single person and takes every single selfie and signs every book and, and I've seen a lot of designers who don't have the time of day for that. Yeah. Yeah. He got kicked out of the, the Birmingham Design Festival venue because yeah. he was closing. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was trying to take photos of him. But he says he, he knows what it's, what it's like to be that kid. He, he's seen those kids come up to him and he can see in their eyes, they're like, oh, wow, you know, you're Aaron Draplin. But Aaron's a guy, you're a guy. You know, Fred and Aaron side by side are 30 years apart. 30 years experience apart but that doesn't mean you couldn't both sit down together over a pint and talk about graphic design yeah and learn from each other yeah i i want to steer the conversation just back a little bit to to what we were talking about earlier on um not that i love talking about aaron draplin but you know yeah uh, but i'm interested in fred what do you actually have any uh do you have anything going on because we talked about mental health and, and stuff like that and um, the pressures of being young and 
you know, wanting to own a business that does millions of pounds, wanting to own a really success, wanting to be really successful. Do you have any? Do you feel like you have any big pressures on you? Do you have up in your mind? Are you thinking about stuff constantly, or what's going on in your brain, and how are you staying clear? Yeah. So um, as we mentioned before, comparing our, ourselves um, is kind of a big thing for me. But in a different sense, I'm comparing my actual design work to someone else, and um, compared to like their status, because. Um, uh, I know that I can eventually, I know, I'm confident that the fact that I can network enough um, to eventually get there to that status, but not to that design quality. Um, so I'm kind of struggling with that a little. And that's why I only have one Instagram post. Um, and it's, and like, I, I promised you on our podcast episode that I post something a week later, but I, I just couldn't do it. Um, and then eventually Tom Ross put me on the spot on a call um, and he made me post something that calls. So now it's just like a shitty post that it's like um, recommending some books. So I need to really start posting my work, but like I'm really not confident about it because not only am I comparing myself to other work, but also the like ratio really gets me. Um, and when someone sees, oh, you only have like 50 likes, you know, maybe your work isn't that good after all or potential clients at least because I know many Instagram um, designers that direct their um, social media towards other creatives and designers but I'm doing it for clients um, specifically so I'm not I'm not offering design assets I'm not offering um, courses or nothing like that I'm just purely designing for clients um, so yeah, that puts a bit of pressure on me. Um, Do you, are you really worried about it though? Do you actually, are you, is that something you're constantly thinking about? Yeah, especially the like ratio more than the design work itself. Um, but yeah, social media, like I can network and all that and I can talk as much as I want to pioneers in graphic design. But when it comes to actually doing something myself and posting it, it's a big step, you know? Um, I wouldn't say that I'm, awake at night thinking about it either but it's definitely when I'm working on design I'm like should I post this you know is it worth it um and getting over that initial embarrassment is going to be hard but it needs to be done at some point so but Fred so all right I, I post kind of fun stuff I, I my my Instagram is has no kind of business sense at all no I honestly couldn't tell you how many followers I've got on any social media channel that I'm on. I couldn't even tell you how many likes any of my posts have, whether they had one or 50, it doesn't matter. I just enjoy sharing. And if, if I make one person smile or laugh or, or just comment, it's like the, I've got the result I wanted for posting that picture of me, you know, dicking about doing something or something funny that I saw. It's a, think if you put yourself under the pressure of like say you get 50 likes for a logo well why didn't you get 100 and then when you get 100 well why didn't it get 150 what's your what's your sweet spot of you can go yep i'm satisfied with that i got 50 likes for my life it, it's so easy for people to just tap accidentally double tap a picture and it turns into a like if you got five likes but five really good comments i would take those comments every day of the week yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't put, I wouldn't worry about how many likes your logo will get. 
I think what's important is you're prepared to share your work yeah. because well, well, I say, your business as well. Yeah. So you get two likes, you post something, you get two likes. Me and Mike have probably posted stuff. We've, we've had two likes. Mike, could you remember a single one of them? No, no. you, you, cause you move on. Yeah. You move on to the next one and you build a feed. And then when someone starts scrolling creative stuff. Yeah. I, when I scroll through a feed, I stop and look at the images that, that I want to stop and look at. And then I want to see, um, God, I'm going to quote him again. <laughs> I should never have followed him on Instagram, but something I agreed with that that, that man said, <laughs> he should not be named was don't just post an image and write cool logo, right? You don't get to call uh, uh, this. This is not what he said. It was something else he said. You don't get to tell people it's cool or amazing. That's for them to judge. You just show off your artwork write an explanation under the image why you've posted it what it is what what you want people to know about it rather than just current logo design well who's it for what made you get to that point what have you tried along the way i stop and read those i i like it when someone's taken the time to write about what they posted because i get to decide how much i read um in the same way with a podcast mark is you could do a two hour two and a half hour podcast or you could do a 20 minute podcast don't fret over people whether people will think it's too long or too short that they'll they'll decide in their own way whether the value is there for them to listen to and it might be over two or three days that they do it you know it might be that you might post something on a monday but i might not see it till friday mm-hmm. it's it's not detrimental to the work you've done I just think make your feed valuable enough that anybody that comes along and finds one thing that you've hashtagged right, starts scrolling through your feed and sees a variation of work and post a couple of things you didn't like that you didn't explain why you didn't like it. You probably still get hired, but you won't get hired. Is it Wayne Wayne Gretzky? I'm not a big ice hockey fan, but I I know it's in the office. It says you'll miss 100% of all the shots you don't take. That's right. And I love that is if you, if you do nothing, yeah, you won't get any, you won't get any failures, but you won't get any successes. So I would encourage you to share more. Please post don't, something at least. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mark, Mark is every day. You know, I, I see Mark appear in my Instagram live feed. I actually take time to watch it. Um, sometimes we engage. Sometimes I don't feel I have to engage on every single thing because otherwise I become the weird one that likes everything you post. Like when you get when you open up Instagram in the morning and you've got like seventeen notifications and it's that one person that had to like every single thing over think, a short period. I think when Tom Ross gets back from Croatia, he's probably going to feel that way about me on his YouTube channel because I've been binging all of his stuff for like every day and I'm commenting and yeah. I think I'm the only one that's commenting right now. So but yeah but but you're commenting that's the difference yes yeah a like gives me nothing i i I don't know what about the image you liked or did you just like it because i'm your friend and therefore you feel you should Mm. but i would always try and comment on your instagram live feed um or i might send you a little message about something um i messaged tom this morning i listened to an interview that he'd done and it was really good. It was concise. It wasn't, you know, three hours of a bunch of information. It was a half hour interview that, that was some good stuff Tom, Tom said. But yeah, I, I just think on social, like engage more than like, if you can yeah. make a habit yeah. of doing it. 
the pr the problem is what I'm having a bit now is like I feel like I'm not being genuine enough. Like I feel like I do do that Gary V kind of thing where I go, oh, n nice, nice logo, but do I actually mean it? Yeah. But yeah, it's kind well, of a habit. It's like on fa like Facebook. Um, we were talking about how how average how had the danger of average becoming someone's best because they post it on Facebook and the people who follow them on Facebook are their cousins and their aunts and uncles and their mum and dad and grandparents and you know just people who don't really know what you do and you you could literally like put a hand splat on a piece of paper and post it and your auntie Doris will go oh it's awesome it's amazing you're brilliant yeah. now if you if that's all you see you mm. stop being better because you're measuring your work on those comments no it's not awesome it's not brilliant yes you might be their favorite nephew or whatever but that's that's you know when when you see someone in the in yeah if mike comments on something you've done that will mean something because that's a designer that you know valuing another yeah. designer's work but you know auntie doris doesn't know design from a from her backside and you can see that in the birthday cards she buys you <laughs> but, but that's what i mean it's 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 also when people just put awesome logo mm. it, i don't like that so tell me why it's awesome what what what, what ask me a question about it yeah because i've it's not awesome it's good it's, it's good something. yeah contribute some it doesn't have to be critique because i know that's a, another whole subject where you know are you garnering critique or you're just sharing work but i just think it is nice to say something about why you like it yeah and, and you will find the more you do it the more people will do it to you and i'm going to make a habit of following both of you guys because i've not really looked through your work yet and i want to get to know you both a bit a bit more and see what you do because I, I want just... to see fred start posting some stuff i want to see yeah. some posting his instagram yeah i mean you know what fred i'll tell you what if you post every day this week, I'll take one of my, one of my, just wait, you post every day this week, I'll take one of my initial designs, like one of the very first logos I made from like 12 years ago, and I'll post it to my Instagram feed. And I'm telling you, man, once you see what I did 12 years ago or 15 years ago, <laughs> your, your, your level of comfort of your design skills will go from like here to here. Yeah, you got a Mac now. Yeah, you've got a Mac. You've got no excuse now. Yeah. I can. In fact, do you know what, Fred? I'm going to give you a free tip. All right. So, if you've got a Mac, uh, you've got. I'll go. I'll go with Safari because Safari comes with a Mac. All right. So you design something on Illustrator, mm -hmm. and you finish the job. And just to, just talk me through this. You've done a design on Illustrator, and you now want to share that design on Instagram. What do you do? Tell me the process. Ex export the <laughs> document. So export what? A JPEG? A PNG? Uh, depends. Depends on the post, right? Well. Okay, and where you're exporting it? JPEG. Yeah, so you've exported it. And now what? Um, send it to my email. Okay. Then go on my phone. Open my email. Save the image into your camera roll. Yeah. And then. Get on Instagram and post it. Sucks, doesn't it? You not got AirDrop? 
<laughs> well, no, no, no. Now I'm a mag, but right. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, right. So, guys, listen to this. Open up Safari and go. We're, we're, I'm going to do. I'm going to do the, this. Is a learning thing for anyone listening or watching. I'm going to do this just for Fred, okay? But you, you guys can watch. I'm just flipping over to Safari, so I get it right. Go up to Safari and go to uh, preferences. Can you? Can you? Do you mind screen sharing? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll talk you through it, but then I'll send you how to do it. So you go to Safari, you go to preferences, all right, and then go over to uh, right at the end, advanced. Well, well, where do I find preferences on this? <laughs> so, <laughs> So go. So you've got Safari open, and if you go up to the yep. word Safari in the top menu bar, just click on that, and then the third one down is Preferences. Okay, so you click on that, and a window will open up. You got it? You got it? Okay, and now go the the final uh, icon at the top is Advanced. It's a gear. Click on that. You can, tell you can tell he's got the 27.8 inch iMac because his, his whole head's moving. <laughs> yeah, from side to side. Like sitting in an iMac. <laughs> he's got the iMac iMac. Oh, crap, I just closed everything. Uh, okay, second. well, look, I'll, I'll talk you through it. I'll tell you what it is, and then I'll, I'll when we finish the podcast so we don't kill all Mark's listeners with boredom. Basically, what you're going to do is there's a little tick box that says show develop menu in menu bar. You tick it. What that does is it tells, it adds another menu choice at the top called develop. So you have like Safari file, edit view, history, bookmarks, you get to develop. What you do is you go to Instagram.com and you'll be logged into your account. When you go up to develop, uh, the second thing down is called user agent. And when you hover over it, a little window opens up. And now what you're going to do is you're going to tell Safari, because you're a developer and you want to check something out, you're going to tell Safari to pretend it's an iPhone. So the little dropout box from user agent, the top yeah. choice is Safari iOS 11.3 iPhone. Click on that. What it does is it will reset that page. And now Safari thinks it's an iPhone. And now at the bottom of the Instagram page, there's now a little plus sign, the little plus sign that you press when you yeah. want to add an image. You can now add your images straight into Instagram, type the message in, use hashtags and, and do the at signs to, to link people all in your browser without having to do that whole export to your phone. The only thing you won't have is the filters. David, I don't want to kill your, your, your lovely uh, explanation, but you, you know you can just get a Chrome plugin to do that. Well, yeah, you can you can get it on Chrome, but I'm saying Safari. That's what I do on Safari. Yeah. But uh, Firefox also has a plugin to do that. Yeah, yeah. But a it's lot of people good, don't yeah. know. They go through that whole pain of yeah. export, AirDrop onto the phone. But yeah, you can do it Safari, Chrome, or Firefox. They're a plugin or develop module. In fact, there's yeah, yeah. yeah extensions. And they all do it. Yeah, it's the, the only much better way. Is, you're right, Dave. It's much better way of doing that than so quick. Yeah. The only thing is that I have like, I've already planned like a specific layout for my Instagram. So it needs to be like logo posts. Um, then like one of those things where you can slide to see what use pitch proof has been doing lately. Yeah. If, you, if you've seen that and then another logo and it needs to look all nicely. So my uh, OCD is like, please. Oh, yeah, to do that. You probably, you probably can <laughs> do that. That's yeah. even more work stopping me from doing it. You know, you can definitely do that on still on the same, same way. Yeah, it's yeah. just the order that you post them in. It's let most portfolios, yeah. Come on, let's do it. 
Yeah. yeah. Yes, Frank. I, I'm gonna say yes, and then I'm gonna end up doing the same thing, leaving Mark hanging without a post. No, because what we'll do, what me, Mike, and Mark will do is we'll Great post time. on Instagram. Apart from that, is <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did to Mark. He didn't yeah. really have a football accident. He just didn't move over to Simplecast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you don't post, Fred, me, Mike, and Mark are going to start tagging you in Instagram, telling people to come over and follow you. And if you don't post anything, they're going to leave comments saying you suck. <laughs> Where's your? Why are, they, why are these people sending me here? You're doing nothing. Yeah. That's quite funny. We should do that. That's that's just helped his mental health, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Bull, yeah. Bullying him into posting. <laughs> no, but since I have my new computer, everything should kind of. I don't have an excuse anymore because I remember telling Mark, "Oh yeah, I, you know, can't yeah. do anything right now. I don't have a computer, but now I do, so it's a bit of a problem." <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. This has been good. Thank you very yeah, much. Everyone. I really enjoyed it. It's great to meet Mike and Fred as well. And I always love chatting to Mark anyway. Uh, it's always a good laugh. Hey, we're, we're a few uh, updates from the Creative Waffle side of things. Uh, as you've seen, the t shirt's now available. Yeah. It's cool design on the back side of the sign. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. If you're from the video viewers, you can see that. Um, but yeah, there's a link down in the description for that uh, if anyone wants to go and check those out. Uh, also, just there's loads of ways you can help out the podcast by sharing it around on social media and leaving reviews always much appreciated uh there's yeah merch for 2020 is coming out soon creative south uh, i know it's a long way away but who's uh, i know fred's are you going now fred creative yeah. south yeah definitely they've let you in uh, <laughs> i have i have a call with jeremy slagle on friday on all the logistics of it but everything should be set that's <laughs> okay, so Diane said that I have to be. I, I'm not allowed to be responsible for you. So it must be Jeremy that has to be looking after you. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> Just trust me enough. What about you, Mike? Are you do you go to many events? I don't. I mean, being in Southern Alberta, I, we don't get. We were talking about this before we actually started, and about the only design events that we get are, are in Toronto, which is a five and a half hour flight from me. Right. So I really don't get a lot of chance to get out. Most of the stuff that I do is is being able to view stuff on YouTube or uh, through Instagram stories. Have you ever Someday. thought? Yeah, I say is is the investment because like for me and Mark especially, um, we're already staring at a big flight. You know, a big nine ten hour journey, and best part of up to a grand, a thousand pound, twelve hundred. Uh, twelve hundred dollars, uh, one thousand two hundred dollars. Yeah, is we've already got to factor that in because all the, pretty much all the good. What I'd say the design events I'd really want to be at are in America. Yeah. So therefore, we have to be careful. Like even for me, we still have to justify me being away from my family and and if there's an expense. I've been lucky now that you know I get to go for street graphics, so it's kind of covered. Or I teach, and that's covered um next year it's possible creative south might just be off my own back um but that's fine because i'll budget for that um that'll be an event i really want to be at but i would say mike if you ever get just that 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 one big job i don't know if you've got have you got kids or you got family and no me and my wife that's it um right. yeah so i i plan on it it just again i mean i started in the design career again this year um 
freelancing. I've been, I've been at my current job for just over two years now. So as a graphic designer for a print shop, um, but getting into the whole freelance thing on my own is just this year. So like February about is when I started again. So I, I even haven't, I haven't taken any clients on this year at all. It's, it's oh, okay. my own artwork and building my portfolio yeah. and, and working on the stuff that I want to be designing. So I'm thinking probably early to mid next year, I'll be able to start getting out some of these events. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And Dave, are you going? I, I will be at Creative South. Yeah. Um, there was there was a moment where it looked like it wasn't gonna happen yeah because you were talking about disney and um then yeah you mentioned it and i was like oh dave's planning on going as well yeah so basically what happened was uh because i've been traveling for i've been involved with uh, an organization for the past 10 years that that went from me being you know like a an attendee to a kind of evangelist to becoming a contributor to becoming a speaker. Um, I get to go and do those kinds of things. Uh, and because of that, my family obviously are here. I've got, you know, my daughters are nine and 11 and then my, my boys are 21 and 23. So the boys, like, they can fend for themselves, but the girls, because they've been really good with all the traveling I've been doing over the past few years, and especially the last two years with Astute Graphics, I wanted them to have a Disney holiday. Now I'm in the process of, I've got a book coming out that's going to be out, we think November. I'm hoping November because I want it to come out on my birthday. But I'll make some money from the book. Um, but originally the book was going to come out earlier and I would have had the money from the book and I was going to take the kids to Disney. And it just so happened that the two weeks of the school holidays were exactly right when Creative South was. And it would have been impossible for me to, to go to Creative South. But luckily, <laughs> and unluckily, the book's been delayed a little bit. So it means I won't get my first payment in time for a Disney holiday. So it means I can do Creative South 10 year anniversary um possibly miss the year after i'm thinking the same i mean mike if you can get to it then yeah it'd be, it was, it'd be amazing next year it's gonna be the really big one um 10 10 like they've said 10 years and yeah and if you can't mike you know 2021 it's one of those events that is yeah. like disneyland every year you don't go it just gets better anyway yeah. so whichever year you go there'll be more people the the you know this is my this next year will be mine and mark's third yeah third yeah, yeah. Um, and last this year was like the first year was amazing. Second year was double amazing. You know, next year is just going to be fantastic because we, you know, we know the environment, we we know the people more. So you get a different experience because it's like when you go to New York for the first time, Empire State Building, Statue of Liberty. Yep. You go the second time, maybe only the Empire State Building. And you go and explore somewhere new. Third time, you probably don't even do either. You go and find all the new cool stuff. Yeah. And I know my time was spent differently in year two than it was in year one. Um, I didn't have to hide anyone's beer when security were walking around <laughs> this year. <laughs> but yeah, next, year, next year will be different. <laughs> and you know, Diane and myself are talking about something we're trying to set up uh, that we've that we've put to Mike uh, that we hope will come off um and if that comes off that'd be amazing that'd be really good but if but if it doesn't it's still a good idea that we'll we'll 
can be used for something, but it'll be a different experience next year. So yeah. even if I don't go as a street graphics, I'll be go- it's the one event I would absolutely go out of my own way and finance myself to go. Yeah. And, and what are your thoughts on uh, this year? Well, next year being a reunion, because I think I'm a bit disappointed, not disappointed, but like it's a reunion. So I feel like, I don't know, me going for my I feel like an outsider. Time. Yeah. No, I I think it'll be the opposite, Fred. I think because it's a reunion, it goes back to what I said earlier, is the the quality and quantity of people that are going to be there, um, and you already know some of those people, you are just going to get an instant uh, introduction. So you won't be a fish out of water. You'll you'll be, you know, you will be hanging with the cool kids. You'll, You'll be introduced (laughs) <laughs> by people to other people and you'll come away from it thinking i can't wait to go next year because now i know you know these 10 cool new people mm. yeah okay. yeah it's gonna be really good yeah and uh yeah creative uh, creative waffles can have a vendor table as well so yes <laughs> yeah. nice selling some stuff giving away some stuff mainly giving away some stuff probably um but yeah getting the podcast name out there it's the main one main yeah. thing for me next year um yeah, I'm looking forward to to yeah to having going again. See, Dave, it's good. It's good that you're coming. Fred, you're gonna have a great time. Mike, hopefully we can get you there. Um, but yeah, that's the creative self next year, April fourth um, to the sixth. Yes. Yeah. So that'd be good. We're actually looking first, second to the fourth. Oh, second, second to the fourth. fourth. That's oh. it. Yeah. So it ends on the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that. Uh, Thank you very much for everyone. Anyone, anyone got any last comments or thoughts or anything? All right. No, I, I'm, I, it's been really entertaining. I've really enjoyed it. That was good. That was a lot of fun. Oh, nice one. Uh, this is a creative waffle um, club chat. This first one. Uh, if, you, if anyone's been listening along, got made it this far. Um, there's a link down in the description for the Discord group, which is what we're all part of. It's uh, trying to grow, but trying to get new people in and um, just have a little more of a conversation between creative waffle listeners and. And people, and we do a monthly call like this, just have a little chat about things and things that are our minds. So, don't involved. forget Patreon. I just had my receipt come through while we were talking, <laughs> but uh, my Patreon payment's just gone through. So, big that up, Mark, because well, every little bit helps. I've got to say, Dave and Dan, as yeah, incredible. Thank you so much for all of the support that you two give me, even on Patreon. And I know Fred was there as well. Uh, and, and I know how hard it is when you're young, uh, not having any money. So uh, I understand. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for, for Fred as well for joining in for that um, Patreon. You know, it's it's just it's just a little bit um, just trying to help me get by. You know, I don't really know what else to say. Even if it buys you a beer to just uh, let you chill at the end of a day, it's the this like it, six dollars. It's like what four quid. Yeah. You know, I'd buy if I saw you, I'd buy you a drink. So I just think it's nice to get a couple of people on that Patreon page when people visit it and they see other people are already contributing. It helps. I mean, we tried Patreon, but it didn't really, wasn't really for us. We've mm. kind of gone down the sponsorship route, but yeah, just if you're listening, watching, you know, help Mark out. He's putting in a lot of hours and Fred, you know, he's still, they put in, they put in longer hours than I can these days. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have the energy for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, thank you, Dave. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, where can people find yourselves? Uh, do you want to start off with social medias? Uh, yeah, I'm It's Dave Clayton on all social media. That's ITS at the beginning. Uh, it's Dave Clayton on Twitter, Instagram, 
Facebook. Uh, he shoots, he draws for the podcast is the same on everything. Uh, we've got an episode going live tonight. We've given a big shout out to Mr. Mark, uh, Creative Waffle, because we've interviewed a guy uh, from a UK design agency, um, and Mark's episode, which is coming out, one, coming out next week. So ours is kind of a taster, and then we've alluded to the fact that Mark's got a whole different conversation going on, which is a yeah, cross-promotion. Yeah. yeah, so, um, and that's something we said we should do is promote each other but yeah that's where you can find me and if you've got any questions or you know you can message me and i'll answer where possible and sharing information from my old head there you go there you go mike Dead. Oh, for me yeah, uh, yeah. you can find me on instagram and youtube mike pickett design co on both of those and i believe my twitter is m pickett design because i couldn't get the mike pickett design co one so um YouTube, Instagram are the best places to follow me, though. That's where I post most of my work. Awesome. Nice one. And Fred? I don't have any posts yet, but barely <laughs> 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 any on my Instagram, but it's Fred Brown Designs if you want to hopefully see some future posts. And website should be up in next week. So that's fredbrowndesigns.co. That's great you've got that, that name because it's, you know, Fred Brown is such a common English name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mark's lucky. Mark, you know, Mark's at least got a, a surname. Yeah, I say whenever people say, "Yes, you've got a surname you don't hear every day," and Mark goes, "Well, I do. It's my name." Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't used that. I'm going to start using that. Yeah. That's great. Uh, <laughs> awesome. No, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, see you soon. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Like I said on the show, you can find the t-shirts down in the description. You can share it around on social media, leave a review. All of those really help the show. And as Dave said on the podcast, Patreon is another option. But please do get involved in the Creative Waffle Club. That is down in the description below, only on Discord. All the ongoings, all the latest news of the podcast is all in there. Check us out on Instagram at Creative Waffle and Twitter, see Waffle Podcast. Thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next time for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. <laughs>